listening to the Batman Universe Commentaries, brought to you by thebatmanuniverse.net. Join the staff of the Batman Universe as we watch another exciting incarnation of the Cape Crusader from his extensive media library. Again, welcome back to the Batman Universe Commentaries. In this episode, again, we are talking about episodes from Batman the Animated Series. My name is Donovan, and today I'm joined by... This is Dustin. And this is Stella. Hooray! And uh, today we are bringing forth to you a momentous episode, the first appearance of BTAS's version of the Riddler in If You're So Smart, How... Uh, no, no. If You're So Smart, Why Aren't You Rich? Question mark and uh, in, quot- in quotations. So, um, this being the first appearance of the Riddler for this series, and um, I know a lot of Bat fans tend to prefer this sort of version of the Riddler. Uh, up to this point, we kind of had Frank Gorshin, had the more zany spandex Riddler, coming into this episode. What are your guys' thoughts on how they did the Riddler? Anything you want to say before the episode, and Anthony, any feelings you have towards the episode before we start commenting? Well, I won't talk about the episode specifically, but just the Riddler himself in this form... It was kind of interesting because, uh, you know, we, we've talked about this on previous commentaries, at least some that I've been on and I've heard it discussed on other ones as well, as far as basically the animated series kind of revitalizing a lot of these characters. And in some ways, they kind of did it again with the Riddler, even though the Riddler never really disappeared like Mr. Freeze did or... To, to some extent, some of the other characters that that uh, the animated series focused on, but the Riddler, you know, despite the fact that he had appearances in the comics here and there, he was that's he was very similar to the way he was portrayed back in the '60s. So this again gave kind of a modern take, even though most of the show is not necessarily set in a modern time, um, with the the older style cars and the older style style clothes and things like that. But uh, I think that they did a decent job, and, uh, you know, John Glover, some people probably don't know this, but John Glover also is the voice of Riddler, and he was actually Lionel Luther in the TV show Smallville. Mm-hmm. So again, it's just another crazy thing where, you know, DC and DC stuff, and he ends up being a, basically a villain in two different universes in two different types of uh, media as well. So uh, he was a good voice. I, I to this, Whenever I think of the Riddler's voice, his voice is the one that comes to mind. I would probably uh, try to figure out a way to make myself go deaf if I was hearing Jim Carrey. But, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think they did a good job, and I'm looking forward to getting into this episode and talking about it a little bit more. What about you, Lucilla? Yeah, if some people knew about Smallville, then surely fans of the wonderful and beloved Batman and Robin will know that John <laughs> Glover played the crazy professor down there who tried yep, to seduce Ivy. Yeah! <laughs> so he's all over the place, man. He's, he's yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was going to think of a not-so-classy simile. You know... 
This is one of my favorites here. Uh, I thought it was a great introduction for Riddler because it really gets at who he is, you know, using these these clues and everything and really matching wits in the end with Batman and Robin. What really got to me when I was a kid, though, was the mythology at the at the base of, you know, especially the labyrinth and, and everything in the Minotaur and stuff that was going on. But it, it's just a really fun uh, puzzle. And, and I think as you're going along, you're trying to match which, wits with the Riddler as well and solve those clues and riddles just as fast as Batman and Robin are. And it was great to have both Batman and Robin on here because I think that Batman, while he's very intelligent and he's got his worldly experience, that sometimes things would obviously be maybe a little above him just in a different sort of realm and so Robin is there to really uh, fill that little niche uh, but yeah I love this Riddler I think it's wonderful John Glover I agree with Dustin that this is sort of the voice that I always hear and he's not he's not a joke at all because I think that's you can kind of come down to looking at Riddler as this guy who while he doesn't have fighting prowess he's really intelligent but I think there's an easy way to sort of make fun of him and, you know, the joke's on you. But I think this one is really a guy that you can be threatened by. Even though he can't fight you, he can really battle wits with you. So it's a great episode. Yeah, and um, as I've mentioned before when uh, when we talked about the Robin's Reckoning two-parter, this is also uh, a two-episode collection in, like, a, in a set of uh, cassettes that they did back in the 90s. Like, you know, old Batman, Batman the Riddler episodes. And I would always like, rent this and watch it with my brother. So as, at a young age, I really had an affinity for this because I really, really enjoyed this episode. And I still do. I've, I've never lost that nostalgic sense of enjoyment. Um, I'll talk more about it. But that's all. I think this episode does help make really one of my favorite Batman villains. And that's, <laughs> that's a long list. But um, uh, we'll talk more about uh, why that might be. So without further ado, you know, the usual TBU tradition. Grab whatever food you like to, be it popcorn, Twizzlers, gummy bears, gummy worms. Candy canes. Candy canes. Oh, you taste the season. Um, bottles of beer. You <laughs> dated it. You dated it. You dated it by seeing candy canes. <laughs> <laughs> and get ready to watch. If you're so smart, why aren't you rich? With us, the Batman Universe. Uh, counting down from three to play. Uh, we shall start the episode on three, two, one, play. Says twenty years later, do we still have a Batman intro sequence that that doesn't show any of the uh, the name of the character or any words? I guess not. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm trying to think, and I, I'm not really coming up with any. Did the bat? I know the Batman had you two say the words "the Batman," but uh, I don't think that happened. Brave and the Bold obviously had the big Brave and the Bold name on there. Well, it had words all over the place because it had lists. It had basically the names of all kinds of characters. Oh, right. But The Batman, I don't recall it having anything except for just saying The Batman at the end. <laughs> yeah. And I don't remember the uh, Brave, uh, Beware the Batman title sequence. Oh, yes. Oh, it, there's not much of one. Uh, actually, for the first time, a couple of Sundays before it was cancelled, or Saturdays. Well, not cancelled, I shouldn't say that, but delayed. It um, had this, like, full... In- Intro that you've never seen before. It's very interesting. Very film noir intro. Kind of like this. 
there's a couple of Easter eggs in this opening sequence. That one of those one of those characters appeared in another episode, coming out of the elevator. There he is, uh, suspenders wearing supervillain himself. Would you call him um, a redhead? Well, uh, yeah, I would. Uh, the, I I kind of like the way he's portrayed like this, you know, straight, uh, clean cut, like that. John's More so than the, you know, psychopath that Jim Carrey portrayed him as. Mm-hmm. Like the, yeah, even before Jim Carrey became a villain in the movie, he was kind of a mess. This is a lot decidedly different. My brother, uh, every time we watch this episode, he says that, like, the that guy is basically Tony Stark. He certainly looks like it. Looks like uh, if, you, if you saw in the pan up as he was walking, uh, you kind of get a foreshadowing sense as you were looking at the cubicles because they were making a labyrinth of sorts. So, just something... Uh, I never thought of that. Yeah. That's that's nice. Eddie. He is a very suave-looking character. Pencil mustache. He almost looks like he he could pass as any of the other uh, mobsters in Gotham City. Right. Like Arnold Schwarzenegger or whoever. He has high waters. Look at that. He's a cowlick as well. Do you think that's true of today if somebody makes a... I feel like there are, there's lots of protection against this, that if you're a creator of a game, you're really protected and you're going to get a lot of those profits. Yeah, it's it's definitely different. But think, in the 1990s, it was probably a lot different because I know I heard stories about games... There's the title. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the... Uh, For some reason, it took him two years to do this whole thing. Yeah, I guess so. This is one of those episodes where, like, there's some episodes where the animation looks really slick and kind of holds up, but this is one of those episodes where the animation looks really dated. And I don't think I don't, I'm not gonna say it's bad, but you can kind of see how like old the cartoon looks. <laughs> Like, it really looks, like, old compared to uh, episodes of the later uh, seasons. And um, I kind of like that for a, kind of an old-school charm kind of way. But I would not blame somebody if they, they didn't want to see this because of the animation. Because it is decidedly different than what uh, a lot of people might be used to in Batman animation. Um, so he said, so Bruce Wayne said he'd like to buy... Um... I, I just forgot the Yes, uh, in order to bring it to Gotham. So where was it? Where were they uh, when we saw it two years before? Metropolis, Star oh, City, of course. Just some other city. Oh, okay. New Zealand. Nothing special. There. Do you really think that Bruce would want Dick to play video games on the, the back computer? <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> well, get off of there. It's really cool, but when you look at this awesome game... It seems like it's a game that would be on Atari from the nineteen seventies. Indeed so. And also that's another thing, like like even in the forties like these weren't possible. So like not not to say that this is supposed to take place in the forties, but the 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 exact year is always like really intentionally vague. Here comes the hand. I do like the I like Batman uh kind of like you know, thinking about a mystery in the background while Alfred yeah. and Dick are like, you know, minding their own business. I think it's kind of cool. 
Yeah. And he's, he's pacing back and forth while they're talking about video games. What kind of name of that is a club? Let's go to the wasteland and uh, have lots of fun. Isn't that like teen? Oh, teenage wasteland. Teenage waste. <laughs> Watching that one. So Bat- as, as you pointed out, so Batman paces back and <laughs> forth while Robin plays video games, and Batman's already ready to go and has to toss him his uniform to say, "Let's go." <laughs> Get up! <laughs> Come on! Stop playing the video games. Let's go now. Get in the car. Yeah. That makes it. It makes uh, Dick seem younger than he really is, though, because he's probably. He's like eighteen to twenty. Yeah, so. He's in college. I really like this intro with the really human shadows. I think it's really cool. Like, right away, like, he's immediately almost irrecognizable from Frank Gorshin's work. And I, I like Frank Gorshin, but it's, this is just a different take on the character. Yeah. I mean, Gorshin was laughing every other line, you know? He he was like 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 animated. Where this one's a lot more. Yeah. He's not intentionally scary, but he's intimidating because because of a, how calculating. Scary he is. Yes. Yeah. yeah. This is I this is my. The, I love how those the, the light. You just see like the whites of his eyes in the shadow. Yeah. That's awesome. Here's so how big, do you? Oh, sorry. You go ahead. The, the, the big painted zoom in. <laughs> I I really like. How do you like this costume design? Um, well, this character design compared to when we had the new Batman Adventures, and they they changed it. I like this better. I, yeah, I like this better. I didn't like the new new Batman Adventures. I agree. For the most part, I always choose this one. There were some designs I liked in the later episodes, but this was uh, among the majority that I preferred originally. You know what happens to Game Crushers? <laughs> I like so that it. looks just like it's a storyboard, and then they just made the lips animated. Yeah, yeah. They made the lips. And I really like how Batman just like brushes that off. He's like, "Whatever, Enigma." <laughs> I like I like Batman's personality in this episode. He's very very sardonic, and I enjoy Batman with a sense of humor. I think the pretty obvious answer would be that Batman has the brawn, yes. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> He's not exactly like a shrimp. Although this is like always kind of question, like whenever we see, like in this this series, they showed a lot of the villains before they became villains, like when they're normal people, and then like, you know, time passes, they become super villains. I would like to see the story of them gaining henchmen. Yeah, <laughs> agreed. Like, how did they go about doing that, and what did they yeah, promise? We saw Two-Face, we saw Mad Hatter, we saw, well, I guess Mad Hatter would just hypnotize them. I don't know what these strobe lights are supposed to do. Affect him. Um, this this was 2013. There would be like dubstep in the background. Oh gosh. <laughs> Which I love. It's the first episode uh, on the commentaries without these origin. We're t- we're Robins in the episode. I can't keep track. Oh no, you guys did Demon's Quest. He was he wasn't very active yeah. in that one. Well, he wasn't active, but he was in it. Yeah, he was the part. You know, the whole reason they went after him was because Roz got him out of the college. Yeah, right. Yeah, kidnapped. This was a bit more of a traditional. Uh, it's a scenario where, where Batman and Robin are working the case, as opposed to Robin being part of the plot, or, slash MacGuffin. 
bad quip. No, yeah, I like I like this design a lot better because it suits his his voice. You know, John Glover probably wouldn't dress up in spandex and pixie boots and shave his head. See in the background, Mockridge trying to keep from catching fire. I got my my thumb stuck in a Chinese finger puzzle a couple times. Did you need a knife to take it out? No. Well, you were luckier than I was. How's he getting away with a license plate that has a bunch of question marks? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> He's a criminal, you see. I like that, how Batman is carrying him, carrying Robin in that thing, and that thing is on fire. Yeah. I really enjoy this 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 sequence here, because I like seeing Bruce and Dick kind of talk about a case uh, while they're on, in the Batmobile. That, that kind of happens invariably, but like, oh, you can see in the background the light's already moving. It's a nice uh, portrayal of the, the relationship. This is also like one of those times where like, if you compare it towards the previous incarnations, like like the Filmation cartoon or the Super Friends or the 60s show, having I imagine having Robin refer to him as Bruce in the in the car would be kind of different. I mean, in the comics, yeah, but like in, I don't know, it's, there's something about how this kind of portrayed them in, in a, on a larger to a larger audience. Yeah, it, they had a lack of a personal uh, relationship. It seemed because uh, the Filmation, like even if you've seen the the Scooby Doo movies. You have an idea of what the filmation was like, but it was always like Batman, Batman, when when Dick was referring to yeah to Batman. So it was very professional level, and they didn't really uh, let their identities burst through. If you look at the shadow of the uh, of the cop, it, it's the shadow makes a question mark. I noticed that a few years ago when I got the DVD. Conveniently. <laughs> the guard tied up in the chair, his shadow makes a question mark. Oh, yes. There's a scene here where uh, Robin puts his legs on the dashboard, and uh, this is coincidental. Writer uh, Devin Grayson said that, like, when she first saw this episode, this is when she really first uh, had an affinity for Dick Grayson as a character because he had the. She never saw a superhero do that, be so casual with uh, his night job. And it, it's a good piece of uh, character direction. I like that with the Batmobile. Maze. Maze. Yep, you betcha. When Mockridge is in the maze. That's an awful looking thing with the face. It looks like Joker's going to pop in at any moment. He's like, he's like, what are you guys doing here? I'm not ready yet. <laughs> he really wants to see him die. So who wants to count if if they actually last ten minutes in this Minotaur thing before the end of the episode? It's it's a fruitless exercise, but I'm just wondering. This would be a fun moment to put in one of the Batman games that they've been doing, you know, Arkham Asylum or something. You know, it's funny you say that because 
the uh, the Adventures of Batman Robin video game for S- uh, oh, Super yes. Nintendo. The one of the levels is basically the entire this entire episode. Are you talking about the ones with the the animated cutscenes? I I I just I just remember that the riddles from this episode are used as well as some of the music. Okay. So as long as you've watched this episode, you'll be able to beat the game. One of my students told me quite recently. Oh, because somebody got lost in a uh, a corn maze. They told me that apparently, if you just like hold your hand on the right wall and just follow it, you're, you'll find your way out eventually. Well, hopefully, so you just... can be trusted. Well, I'm not going to trust an eighth grader. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that uh, that doesn't actually work because the right wall could just be a giant circle. This is my favorite part of the show. Circle with the whole loser's ahead. <laughs> that always made me laugh, like the way he yells, and Batman's like that. That was a crappy joke. It reminds me of uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade when. You have to go through and have faith, and then it was something about, like, kneelers. I don't know. But anyways, the the blades came out, and he realized he had a kneel, and then he he avoided losing his head. This is also kind of like a, uh, when I think about, when we think about Riddler stories, he typically sends a dumb riddle to the cops or Batman to, like, I guess entice him to stop him. While he's while he's kind of like he's doing something else, this is sort of like as an introduction to the character. He basically puts him through a physical pace. So, I'm wondering if they they knew how to portray the character in that way, or if they just kind of, were kind of just, just just wanted to do something different. did <laughs> the shark from The Little Mermaid. Of course he would. What? <laughs> That thing on <laughs> that thing on his his hand was looks his hand looks like a robot's hand. It isn't like a a, a palm top laptop. I don't know if such signs existed. Robin runs with like his hands in front of his and stuff like he's in a Hanna Barbera cartoon. There's <laughs> <laughs> a winks. I did. How did he know that, but not the air blink? I was about to, yeah, no, I was about to say, like, I like the fact that that man said, of course, everyone knows that people eat with your right or your other hand. I actually did know that, but... Oh, well, well clearly I don't deserve my education. I didn't learn it in school. There is a bit of, like, like uh, playing around with, like, what is... what the characters know or not, but I, I don't know. Talking like about the sharps here. Because D has a C sharp and an F sharp. But that de- isn't, doesn't that depend on which instrument you're playing? Yeah, I guess he's going by piano. Yeah, because I was about to say... And like... there's an animation error because he just dropped the A and the A was back up there on the thing for a moment. I guess we'll find that under the whoops category. Like the, I don't think that there's a D sharp in trumpets, but... No. Yeah, once, once I... Got into high school and was playing trumpet like every single day of my life. That 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 never held up scrutiny for me. I too play the trumpet. High five. Dustin, do you play an instrument? Uh, kazoo. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, yeah. oh, I guess bit. I know. The hand. 
we've been kind of joking on this episode, but I really do like Batman, how he's portrayed as smart and, uh, I don't know, I, I, think he's, I think he's really cool in this one. He really hates that hand. He wants to see it die. You know, without those belts, they do look like they're in pajamas. My brother actually had Robin pajamas when he was a little boy. They, they kind of look like those. You do wonder how much uh, Riddler spent, like, money-wise on this whole thing. And so, if if he is smart enough that he was rich, did he just spend all that money making this elaborate thing? And I think it's because uh, he, designed, he said he designed the Minotaur maze. So he probably uh, just rewired it. Yet I live in darkness. I think I'm not 100 percent positive, but I think that's actually the voice of Two Face, Richard Mall. That sounds like it. I love that. I love that voice. The human brain. <laughs> Ritter was like, "Okay, let's go again. Let's let's try that one more time." Weird how, like, the purple all of a sudden turned into a gray. Yep. Oh, his hand, did you see that? It went back to purple. Sure, if someone got fired for that blunder. Yep, back to gray. (laughs) You could chalk it up to, maybe it's not a color TV, but then again, his suit is still green. Yeah. I just noticed that, yeah, because, like, the TVs are supposed to be black and white in this show. By and large. Well, most of them are. That right. one episode where it's got the Joker pops on TV during the holidays. That's in color. Oh my goodness. Yeah, you're right. Oops. Boom. Poor Minotaur. <laughs> he didn't deserve it. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. For all you people out there now, Minotaur is, is part man, part bull. Take that knowledge and get some jobs. You betcha. The the most famous Minotaur was, in fact, defeated by Theseus, and he had to go into the center of the labyrinth, and with the help of Ariadne, who gave him some string, and he he used the string so he wouldn't get lost, and then he left Ariadne, who had fallen in love. It was a very tragic story. Don't don't mind her. She's just a nerd. (laughs) And uh, that Killjoy was brought to you by Backroll. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Says that my information is like it brings people down. Dick's dialogue in that one is really like teenagery. Got a cool ten mil. What a burn! I love this ending. This ending is awesome. Cause he's very yeah. What is it? The sight of a guy carrying a shotgun to bed is. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's again like for a kids cartoon you don't see that and like I like the fact that he's so scared by the Riddler of all characters. That he's like, he cocks a gun before he goes to bed. That's pretty cool. Tell me, James, do you still sleep with the gun? (laughs) Well done. Yes, because the ruler would hide under the bed. That would be hilarious. If John Glover just came out like Batman and Robin screaming. (laughs) Nice sleep worth. No, there's a is that like the first night too? We should watch as it like goes day by day. <laughs> I'll never sleep again. <laughs> that was the Batman anime anime series end theme brought to you by Stella. You betcha. 
So, what are we? Uh, any final thoughts on uh, the first episode of the Riddler? I think it's a good episode. Um, it introduces the Riddler well, and like I already said, you know, I like the way the Riddler is portrayed in this series, and I think that they did a good job of setting it up. They, you know, they didn't go too much into the back history, but uh, of the Riddler, but they don't necessarily need to either, because basically, other than just being screwed over by some sort of corporate entity, as we've seen happen in multiple different things in Batman Forever, he was screwed over by Wayne Enterprises. Uh, more recently, I think even well, I mean, more recently in the comics, now he's he's been he was again screwed over by Wayne Enterprises in a different way. So, oh, yeah. I mean, it just comes across as as long as he gets screwed over by some sort of corporate entity, that's basically sets him on his path to become whoever he is. Now, realistically, I think that this is probably one of the better incarnations of the Riddler, because he doesn't come across as some homicidal freak who. You know, is hell bent on killing Batman. He is. He's more hell bent on matching wits with Batman. That's what's most important to him. Mm-hmm. I think that's what needs to be important because otherwise, the Riddler just can become any other person that there is. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of the recent Villains Month issue with the Riddler, and it specifically because he was all about the homicide and not so much about the smarts. And I think that's what the Riddler should be all about: is the smarts and. You've got Joker for the you know the crazy psychological side of Batman, but then you've got uh, for the mental aspect of Batman, you've got the Riddler, and I think that's where he belongs. And this did a you know this did a good job of of showing that. Well said. Uh love it. I mean, just like it, it is such a great uh, intro for him. I think, and even in the end, you know, he has contingency plans, and I think the Riddler wouldn't be the Riddler without knowing plans B and C if plan A doesn't work out. Uh, again, yeah, just like, you know, you heard all the myths that were comes. I, I don't think I was a killjoy. I think people enjoy my little snippets of knowledge that I can <laughs> offer to the Batman Universe audience out there. Yeah, but I, I think that that's really what I loved about um, when I was a kid and, and just this game aspect I think many people can latch onto, and that's something that I really liked. And again, yeah, seeing Batman and Robin really interact and um, it was great watching it with you two because I think you really brought out different perspectives of how they were interacting, not only in the Batcave but in the in the car as well, and and how they talked to each other and everything. But just a just a great episode overall, I think. Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, we kind of ripped on it just a bit, but I, I this is one of my favorite episodes. Uh, again, in the long list of favorite episodes, I've always liked this. I've always really loved their interpretation of the Riddler. And um, it's, they've said the production team, Bruce Tempaldini, Eric Radomski, Alan Burnett, those guys, have said on several occasions that, like, you really don't see episodes with the Riddler often because the thing about the character is that you have to basically be smarter than him to write a story with him. And he has to be smarter than, you know, someone at Mensa. Like, he has to be hyper intelligent. You have to kind of, like, outthink him by having Batman outthink him. And it's an incredibly different or difficult thing to do for a 22 minute cartoon. But I think that, like, the episodes that, the episodes that they did do, because I like essentially all of them, I really love uh, uh, Riddler's Reform. Hopefully we'll do commentary on that sometime in the future. But uh, I think, like, this and the other episodes are examples of when they really put their minds to it, just making uh, entertaining Riddler uh, episodes and stories. I don't think that, like, the appeal is so much in how tricky the riddles are as how the character himself is smart and clever and how, he, like Dustin said, how he respects... Intelligence, and he's not maniacally homicidal. I mean, granted, he was homicidal in this one, 
but there was a legitimate reason for it. Um, and I think that like, I think I, I, this is probably this has to be in the top like two or three or or even the best interpretation of the character. I think as that's ever been done. Um, I really do like the Frank Gorshin version, but that's so different than like it's almost apples and oranges. Uh, and I, 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 I like, I kind of like how they did in the, in the Batman with him being kind of a grungy, more character. But he was, he was very serious in that one. But this is just this introduced to a, a larger audience the idea that the Riddler could be really deadly while while not portraying the nature of the character, which is to be smart, to be uh, uh, witty, and one step ahead of Batman. And also, like Stella said, I, I really enjoyed seeing the dynamic duo do what they do best. Um, so, you can find uh, this and other commentaries on the Batman Universe Commentaries feed. You can find other podcasts on the BatmanUniverse.net. We have the Batman Universe Podcast, the Batman Universe Comic Podcast, Batgirl to Oracle, Taking Flight, and the Batfans Podcast. Um, so, for this and um, all the previous commentaries that we've done, uh, this is Donovan. This is Dustin. And this is Stella. And uh, you've been listening to the Batman Universe Commentaries. We'll see you guys on the next commentary. Take care. See ya. Don't be a Grinch like Dustin. Yeah, Dustin Dustin sucks. Yeah, you just dated it again. (laughs) (laughs) What did you mean, a joke on his name? You know who he is? I figured the creator of the Minotaur game was behind this the minute I saw that billboard. I read all about him in the company records I examined. His name's Nigma. Edward Nigma. I get it. Enigma. Meaning a puzzle or riddle. An enigma. At least we know who we're looking for. Hey, Bruce, look! The lights. Why are they all flashing? It's Morse code. Come on. What did it say? When is the Minotaur's owner as high as an elephant's high? Hmm. Well, Mockridge owns the Minotaur, but what's as high as an elephant's eye? Corn. Corn? An old song lyric. Before your time. So what's he saying? Uh, When Mockridge is corny? When Mockridge is in the corn? What's another word meaning corn? Uh, a kernel. A cob? Maze. When Mockridge is in the maze. The maze at the amusement park. Exactly.